0: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. A story begins with an idea. It may be suggested by the imagination, or by an incident, or by a fact. And behind the idea, there is a thought. All of us have heard that the pen is mightier than the sword. A piece of writing can change the course of history by sending men into battle. The Declaration of Independence, for example. Our mystery drama, Your Grade is A, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Roy Windsor and stars Bob Caliban and Joan Shea. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Contact. the 12-hour cold capsule. I'll be back shortly with Act One.
0: At the Opel Isuzu Information Center of America, pandemonium rains as thousands of people try to find out what one is. <laughs> Hello, Opel Isuzu Information Center.
2: Uh, yeah, say, I think I've got an Opel Isuzu.
3: Good for you, sir. Can you describe it?
2: Well, it's, uh, it's about four feet high, brown, tan hair on its neck, Got
3: cute little eyes. Uh, sir, I believe that's a Shetland pony.
2: Oh, yeah. I can see that now.
0: See the little hooks? Opally, Suzu. A great new little car at your Buick Opal dealers.
4: I've got bronchial asthma. I've also got a newspaper to get out. That's why I take bronchial tablets. They help keep my occasional asthma attacks away for hours. I tried primatine tablets, and they worked. But then I heard about broncade. Broncade has an extra ingredient to help you get rid of congestion. Broncade works for hours, so I can work for hours.
0: Broncade tablets do more to let you breathe easier. Use only as directed.
5: It's the most spectacular show on ice. The all-new 1977 Holiday on Ice. A trip into a fantasy land of silver blades and sequined skaters. This year, starring Holiday's own sweetheart of the ice, Miss Peggy Fleming. With Peggy, the incomparable Diane Delu, who won both the medal and our hearts on television last winter. The delightful Jill Shipstad and Jimmy Crockett, the world's professional skating title holder. And it's a trip to Sesame Street. Bert and Ernie and Grover and Big Bird and Cookie Monster. Just waiting for you and skating for you in the all-new holiday on ice and we've got spectacular production numbers hundreds of skaters lighting up the ice to the strains of dixieland jazz contemporary hits western favorites and all-american classics we call it the all-new 1977 holiday on ice with special guest star peggy Fleming. but you'll call it the best time you've had in years August 18th through August 29th at Madison Square Garden. For ticket information, call 564-4400 and Ticketron, 541-7290.
3: Playboys Resort and Country Club at Great Gorge has a five-day golf package which includes four rounds of golf on our championship course, a deluxe room, four breakfasts, three dinners, plus dinner and a show at our penthouse, all for only $151 per person, double occupancy. and or reservations for Playboy's Resort and Country Club at Great Gorge, call toll-free 800-621-1116. That's 800-621-1116.
5: This week, the Playboy Resort and Country Club features George Kirby in the penthouse.
1: There are many good correspondence schools with conscientious instructors to match. The student completes assignments and mails them in for criticism and encouragement. Silas Butler, who is 48, is one of many students whose writing efforts are carefully scrutinized by a young instructor named George Monroe. He does not know Butler personally, so the news of Mrs. Butler's death is to him only odd. But to her close friend, Judith Palmer, it is tragic and bitter.
4: Well, Kent.
2: Now, don't take that tone, dear. You'll have to pay Silas your respects. He's dazed by her death.
4: Well, he won't be for long.
2: That's unkind. Now, Silas knows how you feel about him. Let bygones be bygones.
4: He's lost his wife. He lost her a long time ago. I refuse to believe she took her own life. Oh, she had reason to wish to be dead, but Molly never would have done a thing like that. Locking herself in the garage and starting up the car.
2: All right, if it makes you feel any better, say it was an accident. Now it's eleven o'clock, I must get to work.
4: What did you and Silas talk about from eight until now?
2: Not very much. I tried to console him, but... Well, there isn't much to say in the face of a death.
4: Oh, poor Molly... Oh, it's so unreal.
2: Believe me, it is to him, too, and to me.
4: If the two of you hadn't been so buried in that game...
2: Oh, no, game... no, no, no. Our game had nothing to do with what happened.
4: Except to leave Molly with an empty evening. Where was she going, Kent? Did she say? No.
2: Silas and I were in the library. From the door, she said she was going for a ride, and she said goodnight to both of us.
4: When was that?
2: Oh, it's about eight or so. At... At 9.30, Silas walked me to the driveway, and he noticed that his garage door was closed. It's a detached garage, as you know, hundred feet down the driveway. He seemed concerned. He asked me to walk with him to the
4: garage. And you found Molly on the cement floor?
2: Yes, after Side so shut off the car engine and we let the carbon monoxide escape. Oh. Was it was a thick haze. And then we went in and dragged Molly into the fresh air. If you dragged her out right away... It wouldn't have done any good. Carbon monoxide can poison a person in less than two minutes. If the person who's trapped can't break a window or open a door in six or seven minutes, he or she is dead. You know that for a fact? Yes. I checked my medical dictionary late last night. As Silas's attorney, I had to inform myself on the subject. Molly was smart enough to know about carbon monoxide. Why couldn't she have escaped? Oh, because she didn't want to. Oh. You cling to your belief that it was an
4: accident. Go ahead. I have to, darling. I knew Molly. Then why was the garage door shut? Why didn't she open the door? Well, garage doors can stick. Ours does sometimes. That lock that goes into the cement floor often won't budge. Oh, I've scuffed my shoe many times trying to release it. Something like that may have happened. Then
2: Molly would have tried to break a
4: window. But they're up high and small. Uh. Is there a regular door, a a house door on the side of that garage like ours? You know, the one that opens into the storage space for garden supplies?
2: Well, I think there is, but we didn't check uh, We got Molly out and Silas ran into the house to telephone their doctor and After that, it was pretty hectic The doctor, the police, and ambulance It's quite awful no. Zach was very kind to Silas
4: Oh, I'd forgotten Zach was the police officer in charge What does Zach
2: think? Well, I don't know, it seemed obvious to all of us
4: Well, it's not to me Oh, Judith, you can't deny the facts Yes, I can because what happened just wasn't in Molly Butler's character.
3: Please come in, uh, Mrs. Palmer? Yes. Mrs. Kent Palmer. Yes, oh uh, let me close the door. It can be noisy around here.
4: Yes. Uh, please sit down. Thank you. Uh, I'll come right to the point, Mr. Monroe. Miss Butler is a student of this correspondence school.
3: Yes, he is, but... uh,
4: I don't expect that you'd know him personally.
3: Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, The instructors never have a personal relationship with a student.
4: Well, Molly Butler was my best friend.
3: Oh. My mother read about her in this morning's newspaper. We were sorry to learn that she committed suicide.
4: I don't think she did. Oh? And that's why I wanted a, a confidential talk with you.
3: Well, I don't know, Mr. Butler... I know he was married. Uh, That's on his biography, but that's all I know. How does our school... uh, I really have no idea what you're driving at.
4: I visited Mr. Butler late this morning to pay my respects. He asked me to go through his wife's personal things, clothes and so on, and to dispose of them as I saw fit. Yes. Well, among Molly Butler's effects was a diary. I glanced through it. Wasn't Mr. Butler writing a murder mystery story as one of his assignments?
3: Uh, I'd have to, uh, check over my file of critiques. Uh, May I ask why you're interested in Mr. Butler as a writer?
4: I know that he was working on a murder mystery story. Molly Butler refers to it in her diary.
3: For heaven's sakes. Why?
4: Because the characters in the story and the story outline are taken straight from life.
3: Well, that's true of... Much of what is written. Uh, We encourage students to write about what they know from real experience.
4: I understand that, and it it makes sense. Well, then? Molly had read her husband's story. It wasn't completed, and that's what had her frightened.
3: (laughs) I really don't follow you, Mrs. Palmer. Well,
4: Mr. Butler's story about an ordinary, ambitious young man who marries a socially prominent girl. They have a son. The couple is happy together, and the mother thinks that the sun rises and sets on her son. And then he's killed.
3: And that poisons the marriage. How did you know? Well, I assume that it did. After all, I am an instructor in writing. Unless one of the parents was to blame for the son's death, there wouldn't be any conflict, hence no story. How did the son
4: die? In an automobile accident. His father is driving him home from prep school, driving too fast and carelessly. The boy is killed. The father is injured but recovers. And the mother blames the father. That's right. And that ended the relationship. I see.
3: The story you're telling me isn't a story at all, is that it? That's it.
4: It is the story of Silas and Molly Butler. And now Molly's dead. You're mentioned several times in Molly's diary, Mr. Monroe.
3: In what context?
4: Mr. Butler had great respect for your encouragement and ideas. Had you exchanged thoughts about how the story ought to end?
3: I think so. Uh, This is very odd, Mrs. Palmer. I've never had an experience like this before.
4: Neither did Molly Butler. You see what I'm suggesting, Mr. Monroe?
3: It's too fantastic to believe.
4: Maybe, but I wish you'd think it over. I'm going to present it to my brother, Captain Zachary of the police department, to hear what he has to say.
3: Because you're not satisfied with how Mrs. Butler died?
4: No, I'm not. She was a very close friend. She's dead now. I owe it to her to find out how she died.
3: Thank you for seeing me, Captain Zachary. Glad to. Come in, come in.
6: Thank you. Sit down. My uh, sister's already been here. Well, uh, what do you think, Captain? Well, she's got a lively imagination, Mr. Monroe. Then you don't think there's anything to it? To what? You know, she never came out and said what she thinks. Of course, I didn't give her much of a chance... I was at Butler's house when the ambulance took his wife away, so my knowledge is firsthand. And you think it was suicide? Well, that or accidental death. I'd say the latter. Silas Butler would prefer that. Mrs. Butler was stretched out on the garage floor.
3: Which means she got out of the car to reopen the garage door. Why had it closed? That doesn't make any sense. Well, it could have blown shut. But all garage doors can be unlatched from the inside. I know
6: that. I know. I don't believe the door blew shut or that she tried to get out. And Mrs. Butler, as you know from what my sisters told you, was an unhappy lady. So the verdict is suicide. Except for the fact that we found her on the floor. The explanation for that is that she closed the garage door, started the car in the dark, changed her mind, thought of escaping, then changed her mind again, and she took her life.
3: Well, did uh, Mrs. Palmer tell you what she'd read in Mrs. Butler's diary? Well, I've glanced through it. She was afraid of the parallel between her life and his murder story.
6: Well... If he's a writer, he'd spill out some of his own life in what he writes. Isn't that how writers work? Well, sure, but
3: what's funny is how Mr. Butler struggled to find the right ending for his murder mystery. It's all here, Captain. What's that? My critique of his work. Mr. Butler and I exchanged a lot of thoughts about how to end his story.
6: Would you explain that, please?
3: Well, everyone who reads knows the old devices employed in ending a murder mystery. Mm -hmm. the butler did it, or the poison pill taken by mistake, mushroom soup, or that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. All known and stale. Now, I'm referring to premeditated murder. Uh, I understand, I understand. And your critiques? Well, Mr. Butler thought that a suggestion of mine about using carbon monoxide had merit.
6: I see. And uh, you're feeling guilt because you made the suggestion.
3: I don't know how I feel, but it certainly is odd that carbon monoxide is what caused the death. Well, that's the poison he decided to use, and I suggested it.
6: Well, did he indicate how he planned to use it? No. I didn't either. Well, it's a deadly poison, of course, and people are careless about it. You know, we have accidental deaths all the time because a person starts up his car with the garage doors closed or only partly open. You know, that gas works fast. I don't see anything sinister in Mrs. Butler's death.
3: Well, I'm glad you don't. It makes me feel better.
6: You know, my sister seems to think that Mrs. Butler's death wasn't suicide or accidental death. You know you what's know left. Yes. And that's a very serious implication.
3: I know it. And I hope she's wrong.
6: Look, leave her critique, huh? I'll see if I can make a matchup between your suggestions and what happened. But I... I don't like it. I I know Silas' brother. I don't think he'd commit murder.
4: Good heavens, George. You seriously think that Mr. Butler used you to help him plan a murder? Well, I know it sounds... Weird. Oh, it's but... unbelievable. He'd have to be mad.
3: We don't know what really happened, but Captain Zachary is going to investigate again. What's there to investigate? Well, little details. Such as what? Oh, I don't know. Uh, for instance... Why was the garage door closed? Well, because
4: the poor woman trapped herself and was dead before she could get it open. But that
3: doesn't make sense. A person doesn't go into a garage to get a car and close the garage door before the car is backed
4: out. Well, not unless the person wants to take his own life.
3: That's obvious.
4: That's why the report was suicide. But Mrs. Butler was found on the garage floor. Well, you're just looking to make a mystery out of a simple tragedy, George. Yeah, maybe. Of course you are. Mrs. Butler went into the garage, purposely closed the garage door and started up her car. How else could the garage door have been closed? Oh, will you and Mrs. Palmer next imagine that someone waved a magic wand and closed it?
1: We began with the power of the pen. Plato's Republic created Western civilization, and some of Leonardo's reflections led to the airplane, but murder by correspondence? Or are Mrs. Palmer and the writing instructor, George Monroe, imagining the idea when the evidence does not support it? We'll find out when I return with Act Two.
5: Tired of deodorant sprays that seem to miss their mark Want something powerful you can put on in the dark Shift to the English leather stick The stick shift is on (laughs) English leather's got
2: the stick that'll always protect you three good reasons to ship From an expensive deodorant spray to English leather deodorant stick. One! English leather goes right where you want it, so there's no waste. Two! It's concentrated to give powerful protection.
5: But the best reason of
2: all is right under your nose! The famous Fresh clean scent of English leather. <laughs> English leather's got the stick that'll always protect you with the English leather scent they'll never forget you. are shift to the English leather stick. The stick shift is all the English leather deodorant stick and your favorite toiletries counter.
5: Even these days, there are ways to save money. Interested? Well, one way is to keep your car well tuned with AC firing spark plugs because AC spark plugs not only help improve your car's performance, they could also help save gasoline. So, see your AC Delco service man. Get a tune up with AC spark plugs today. In the Bay Ridge section of Brooklyn, see Rudy, Ralph, or Anthony at Mr. Bargain Auto Parts, 1083 60th Street. Call 436-5700 for a complete selection of AC Delco products.
1: Mr. Longfellow said once that what a writer asks of his reader is not so much to like as to listen. That applies here. Silas Butler wanted his correspondence school instructor, George Monroe, to listen to his ideas for a murder mystery story. George did, and supplied him with a device, the use of carbon monoxide as the poison. Then Mrs. Butler died from carbon monoxide poisoning. But... Her best friend, Judith Palmer, is not content with the explanation of
2: suicide or accidental death. It is the evening of the day after the tragedy. Judith, my dear, I know Silas Butler. He's both a client and a friend, and I can't conceive of him or anyone writing a story of premeditated murder and then acting on it in life. All right, what does the writing instructor say?
4: Well... He's puzzled because it was he who suggested carbon monoxide.
2: I see. Then if he's a writing expert, have him figure out how it was done.
4: I don't think he can,
2: because the police are satisfied that Molly's death was, well, because you prefer it, an
4: accident. Why do you say I prefer it, Kent? You said so before.
2: You can't imagine Molly taking her own life. Well, I can. She hasn't been a happy person since her son was killed. By his father? Oh, Judith, dear, please don't say such a thing. Silas was speeding, and he and the boy had a serious accident. It does happen, you know. Silas loved his son. And you simply must not say that he killed him. That's unfair.
4: Well, perhaps. But you know what their lives have been like since it happened. He was very depressed when I saw him around noon. Yeah.
2: Well, I told him I'd stop by later this evening to discuss the funeral and other details.
4: Oh, Kent, what will happen to him now?
2: I'll find out. He's all alone.
4: Yes, all alone. No accusing eye on him. Molly always looked at him that way. Uh,
2: Silas Butler is
4: not a criminal. Molly thought he was. Once.
2: Oh, Kent. Come in. How are you, Samus? All right. You alone? Yes. Family arrives tomorrow. Molly's relatives.
3: I've only got my mother. Let's sit down. You sure you're all right? Oh, yes, yes. I'm still stunned. This will hit me later on, all its reality. Thanks for coming over. Judith stopped in about noon and took charge of Molly's things. I'm grateful to her. Ah, she's grief-stricken.
2: If you feel after talking? Yes. What about you, Silason? I don't know. the house, of course. I can't go
3: on living here. Ever since that automobile accident, life's held nothing for me. Molly never recovered from the loss of our son. All
2: that sustained her was her loathing for me. I'll always see her accusing eyes. Oh, now, Silas, you'll forget that in time. I you? hope so. It was an accident. I... I'm to blame for that, but do you think I
3: wanted to have my son killed?
2: I'd rather have died myself. I, I wish I had. I know. I know. Why last night? Pardon? Why did Molly choose last night to leave the house and have this 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 accident?
3: I can't answer that. She'd been going into long periods of depression. I I don't know why she went out. She often did that
2: at night, just to escape. Yes. She didn't want to be with me. Well, did she object to our chess game?
3: I don't see why she should have. Playing chess is a better way to spend an evening than most other ways. <laughs> you thrashed me last night.
2: Mm-hmm. Moving your knight to Queen Bishop 3 was a mistake, you know. Yes, I guess it was. Well, you didn't think so at the time. You got up and walked over the library window. I did? i forgot. Yes, you did. I wondered at the time why you left the chessboard and I asked you. Don't you remember what you said? I can't say that I do. Well, you said it was checkmate and that the game was over. Even though I had a rook bearing down on your night. <laughs> still, you moseyed over the window with an air as if you'd won the game. You do remember that, of course. S- sort of, yes. Yeah, and then you looked out the window. Huh. What's that mean, Kent? Well, that, that... was only a minute after Molly left the house. Isn't that right? Yes, I think it is. Why? Well, the library windows command a clear view of the garage at the end of your driveway. Yes. Was the garage door open?
3: I... I I don't think it was. Uh, If I thought anything, I'd have figured
2: that Molly had already left. Why? Well, we should have investigated.
3: How could we have anticipated any trouble? Uh, I've never given much thought to whether or not the
2: garage door was up or down. Uh, Why should I have? Uh, Do you? No. Well, you got a point. Mine is that by the time I checkmated you, Molly was in the garage, dead.
4: That means, Kent, you've got your doubts, too. It
2: means no such thing, Judith. I just tried to reconstruct the scene, that's all. All
4: right, Silas got up from the chess game. He was about to lose and walked over to the window. Now, that doesn't make sense. That's not the way chess players behave, is it? Of course it isn't. So I went to that window in order to get a view of the garage. Now, darling, is there anything else you remember? No,
2: your imagination is beginning to run away again, Judith. I suggest that we leave any further investigation to Zach and his police department. Huh? Well, I
4: hope we've aroused his suspicions. We, you, and who else? George Monroe. Zach telephoned me while you were out. Mister Monroe called on him and gave him the critiques of Silas's writing. Zach thought they were interesting. He thought Silas had written a pretty good mystery story. Well? And Mr. Monroe thought that Molly's death ought to be reinvestigated. Oh, no, no.
2: Molly hasn't even been buried, and you and Monroe want to subject Si to more suffering. I don't like that at all. I really don't. I didn't visit Cy si tonight with doubts in my mind. Well, you asked him why he went to the window. No, I only mentioned that he had gotten up from the chess game and gone to the window, that's all. Why? That was odd, wasn't it? I wouldn't say that. Si is a harried man. Chess gets his mind off his unhappiness.
4: I simply wondered why it was last night of all nights that Molly chose to have an accident. Well, maybe Si had just figured out how to commit the murder in his story. I doubt that he would have shared such an idea with his wife. Well, you never know. You ought to read Molly's diary.
2: I'm not going to. And frankly, I've had enough of this. You and Zach pursue it. I'm really tired of it. So if you'll excuse me, I think I'll turn in.
4: All right. Oh, is our car in the garage or in the driveway? I left it out. Why? Well, if he's still awake, I may drive over and talk with George Monroe. Oh, Mr. Monroe, I know it's late.
3: Well, that's all right, Mrs. Palmer. It's not that late. It's only
4: 10.30. Oh, I'm never in bed before midnight. Please sit down. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I I understand you saw my brother, Captain Zachary. You know, he was impressed, both by Mr. Butler's writing and by your critiques. Well, thank you.
3: From what I had criticized about Mr. Butler's story, I could easily reconstruct it. Uh, The story does parallel his life with Mrs. Butler. Yes. I paid special attention to his struggle, with my help, uh, to find a way of using carbon monoxide as a poison without the police being able to detect it.
4: Did you reach any conclusion?
3: No. And yes... No, about the device, the novel idea of killing with a gas, but uh, yes, about your suspicions. Oh? In Mr. Butler's story, the man becomes bitter and abusive because the wife withdraws from him and silently accuses him of the death of the son.
4: Yes, exactly what happened between Cy and Molly Butler.
3: Furthermore, there were introspective passages in which the man dreamed of being free from the wife's accusing eye. Oh. That's when he began to think about murder. The wife sensed it, but she couldn't do anything about it. It was as if she were mesmerized.
4: Well, it fits, doesn't it?
3: It seems so. What strikes me is the psychology of the thing. W- was he guilty of the boy's death? Through negligence.
4: It wasn't deliberate.
3: And Mrs. Butler never overcame her loss? No. Well, as you said, it fits. But
4: how do we prove it? Well, Captain Zachary is reinvestigating. Oh, it needs more than police investigation. It requires some kind of of creative inspiration.
3: How it was done. That's
4: right. How could it have been done? Cy Butler and my husband... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
4: Toward the conclusion of their first game, when my husband had him on the defensive, Mr. Butler rose and walked to the window. Did he? And he thought he was losing the game? That seemed odd to me, and I mentioned it to my husband. What did Mr. Butler do at the window? I don't know. Looked out. It commands a clear view of the detached garage. But now, what could he have done from the library window that would have had any connection with Molly's death? Hmm. Darned if I can imagine. Oh, I wish you'd try, Mr. Monroe. You're a creative man.
3: Well, I know, but Butler and I both struggled to invent a gimmick for killing a person with carbon monoxide poison without being detected. We hadn't succeeded. Well, he may have. Yes. I wonder what it could be. Assuming we're not crazy. It's a puzzler.
4: Oh. What are you thinking about? Hmm. You've got an abstracted expression on your
3: face. Something Mother said earlier this evening. Oh? Now, what was it? I, I'd explain your interest in this fantastic notion. Mother agreed that if Mrs. Butler didn't commit suicide, then her death must have been accidental because she couldn't get out of the garage. Yes, go on. But the idea of murder was nonsense. She wondered... Yes, here is what she wondered. She said... You and Mrs. Palmer next imagine that someone waved a magic wand and closed it. Meaning, of course, the garage
4: door. Waved a magic wand? It's stuck in my head and I've I've, I've given it some thought. Mr. Butler did go to the window soon after Molly left the house. But uh, what kind of magic wand could he have waved? Think about it. Think about it, Mr. Monroe. I will, too. What your mother said might be the very clue we're searching for.
1: Judith Palmer has known Silas Butler for many years, and she knows him as a rather insolent man. We don't know that. With his friend, Kent Palmer, he seemed to be like any man suffering from a grievous loss. But according to what he has written and from what we have learned from his wife's diary, Mr. Butler might be capable of committing a major crime. How is the question? I'll return shortly with Act Three. The following is a test. Please answer all questions truthfully.
4: Question One. Which of these do you like most? Rowboat, Dentist, Opali Question two. If you and three friends wanted to take a nice trip, would you take turns carrying each other, take turns throwing each other, or buy an Opel Isuzu?
0: Question three. Given a choice, would you attend a lecture on good posture, hurt your foot, or buy an Opal Isuzu? If you answered Opal Isuzu to all three, see your Buick Opal dealer and take a test drive.
1: Otherwise, see someone else.
0: Of all times to get hemorrhoids. Why? Pregnancy is a major cause. What helps? Well, since you're expecting, ask your doctor before using any medications. My sister used Preparation H. For many women, Preparation H relieves occasional pain and itch for hours. Sounds good. Preparation H does more. Actually helps shrink swelling of hemorrhoidal tissue caused by inflammation. Even better. Preparation H helps shrink swelling of hemorrhoidal tissues. Use only as directed. That AMCO is big. The world's biggest transmission specialist, With over 525 service centers in the U.S. of A. and Canada. So no matter where you go, from New York to L.A., from Ontario to Texas, AMCO's got you covered. Nobody else is that big. Nobody. So if you have trouble with your car's transmission, you can usually get one-day service from AMCO Transmissions. Double A, mco Jets
2: fans, this is Dave Herman.
0: Tickets are on sale for the New York Jets Washington Redskins game at the
2: new Yankee Stadium. They are on a first-come, first-served basis. You can order them by mail, but do it now by writing the Jets Ticket Office at 598 Madison Avenue, New York, New York, Zip 10022. Or you can go to the Ticket Office and pick them up in person. They are also available at all Ticketron outlets. And if you're going out to the stadium for the game, take WR Radio along and double your fun.
1: Me crazy, and I wish you were dead are two commonplace expressions that a wildly angry person has been known to use. They're not meant to be taken literally, they sum up a condition that is unbearable and a wish to be realized. Apologies usually follow. Both sentences, however, seem to apply to Silas Butler. His wife's silent accusation was driving him mad. And he may have wished her dead. It's the next morning. George Monroe again is seated opposite Captain Zachary of the police department. Good morning, Captain. Good morning. My sister telephoned
6: that she'd seen you again. Yes. uh, Were my critiques helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Very. You know, Butler writes well. That's a that's a sad story he tells. You can understand
3: from the character in the story that he. ...would commit murder. Yeah, well, maybe.
6: You know, you never know about a murder. Most murders just occur. A person loses his temper goes crazy. But a a premeditated murder, well, that's that's pretty rare. Well, I agree. As a writer,
3: it comes down to motive. In his story, Mr. Butler's character does have motive. Yeah. May I uh, make a couple of suggestions? Sure, go ahead. Well, talk to Mr. Kent and to Mr. Butler and ask them to recall everything they can about their chess game.
6: You mean about a walking to the library window? My, my sister mentioned that. Anything else? Uh, take another look at the diary.
3: There may be a clue
6: there. Why? You think she may have anticipated her death? She might have. Hmm. Anything else? Well, it's this foolish idea I have because
3: my mother said something about waving a magic wand. Uh-huh. There, there could be something to it.
6: Yeah, sure. If we can find the magic wand. Any ideas? Offhand, no. But would it
3: be improper of you to ask Mr. Butler if he'd had any repairs made recently to his house? Well, such as what? I, I, I don't know. But if I wanted to trap someone in a garage with an engine running, I might dream up some gadget that would close the garage.
6: Uh-huh. I see. Well, you know, a lot of homes have posts by their driveways. You stop your car... Push a button, the garage door opens or closes.
3: Yes, that's
6: the kind of thing I mean. And if the garage has a button which does the same thing, it opens or closes the garage. Do you know if the butlers had that kind of device? Yeah, but I'll find out when I examine the garage. That's a good suggestion, Mr. Monroe. That is, if we're going to pursue the murder idea. Well, don't you see any validity to it? It's possible, but don't be disappointed if our original verdict holds. Mrs. Butler killed herself. Or she died accidentally. Oh, Zach, come on in. Uh, no, no, let's let's stay out of here. Huh? Well, uh, how are you, Si?
3: Still dazed, but uh, having the family around helps. Molly's relatives arrived an hour ago. Uh,
6: when's when's the funeral?
3: Tomorrow at eleven. Anything special you
6: wanted to see me about, Zach? No, no, no. Just wanted to ask if I could look around the property. Of course the garage? Yeah, I'd like to, you know, look it over. You don't mind. No, oh, no, feel
3: free. It's uh, closed. Uh, punch the button on the side of the door.
6: Uh, on the upright. Oh, you got one of those. An uh, electrically operated door. Yes. it's yes, very, very convenient. Well, what's your interest, Zach? Oh, just satisfying myself. You know, my sister was Molly's best friend.
3: And she can't believe what happened. Neither can I. Any of us.
6: You've given your verdict, Zach. I... I don't understand why... Well, assuming that Molly did not commit suicide... I don't want
3: to believe that either. I I prefer to believe it was an accident. She had gotten out of the car. We found her on the floor. Yeah, well, what bothers me, Sy, si, is why she couldn't have gotten out
6: of the garage.
3: Carbon monoxide can poison in a minute and a half.
6: You know that for a fact?
3: Well, yes. I, I, I've done some research. For a story I've been writing, I, mm-hmm. I take a correspondence course... Oh, it was something to do. No, that's true about the poison, you know. In six minutes, a person is dead. Uh Uh-huh.
6: So there's there's Molly sitting behind the wheel of the car with the engine running and the garage door closed. See, what I can't explain is why she didn't shut off the motor and get out of the garage.
3: Well, neither can I. But uh, what's even more strange is why she was at the wheel and the
6: garage door was closed. Yeah. Yeah, that is mighty strange. Could the garage door have come down by itself? I don't know. I suppose so. You,
3: you know these gadgets. Uh, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't.
6: Yeah. Is, is there a switch inside the garage for raising or lowering the doors?
3: Well, sure, but uh, what if it didn't work?
6: Hmm. Any other way of getting out of the garage? Well, there's a regular
3: door on the side of the garage toward the back. We we kept it locked against prowlers.
6: Okay, I'll uh, I'll look around again. I said the other night how sorry I was about Molly. I'm just as sorry for you.
4: But why in the world do you want to know the name of the butler's carpenter?
6: Or electrician, Judy. Either one.
4: Well, it may be mentioned in Molly's diary. You returned it to me. Let me look. Zach, you're being very mysterious. Well,
6: you want me to reinvestigate the death? and well, this is part of it. The garage is electrically controlled.
4: Of course, now I remember. It was modernized about two months ago. Oh, what does that have to... Oh, here it is. Yes, uh, Mr. Day did the work. Molly writes here that he installed an overhead door and... Yes, it works by electricity. Uh-huh. Push a button and it operates. And there's another switch on a post at the entrance to the driveway. Or there was.
6: They had it removed.
4: Yes. It was an attractive nuisance. Children used to punch the button just for fun. The door was always going up and down. Mr. Day was the carpenter. Why, Zach, what's so intriguing about the Butler's garage door?
6: There's another way to open an electrically operated garage door. You don't have to punch a button. Oh? You can use a hand switch. You know, like that that gadget for switching TV channels?
4: I didn't know that.
6: Butler left the chess table and walked over to the window... Yes? ...which commanded a view of the garage. Yes. ...where he could have seen Molly enter the garage. Ah. Ah, don't jump to conclusions, Judy. I think we've got it, but I want to be sure... Now, when Silas returned to the chess table, did he have anything in his hand?
4: Kent didn't say. Oh, you mean he was carrying one of those remote control gadgets?
6: Exactly. I better talk with Kent. I'll telephone. No, no, no. Face to face. Silas is his friend, and this is this is a touchy subject. Silas and Moreau are trying to figure out how to commit murder with carbon monoxide. I think Silas came up with the answer. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, what's up, Zach? Oh, more of the same, Kent. <laughs> Your suspicion that Time Butler is a criminal? Huh? Yeah, he may be, Kent. You seriously think that? Because
6: of the story he wrote? Well, if it hadn't been for the diary and the correspondence school critiques, he might have gotten away with it. You mean he did do it? But how? Well, I don't exactly know yet. Tell me, when Butler walked to the library window... He was in, in bad shape in the chess game, right? Yes, I found it odd that he did. Oh, now, tell me about his walking banger. Just try to think back, huh? Try to remember
2: exactly what he did. Uh, when, uh, when he got up, he had a pawn in his hand. One of mine. He captured it with his knight. He, uh, well, he kind of rolled it around his hand, and I wondered why he had left the table, so I glanced after him. He placed the pawn in his jacket pocket. Uh-huh, and when he
6: returned to the table... nothing. Well, didn't he place the pawn behind the board?
2: Ah, ah, yes. After he sat down, I heard it. You heard his pawn? Well, I mean it clinked in his pocket against his cigarette lighter. Uh, A wooden pawn against a lighter? Uh, No, 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 no. A metal pawn. I didn't like size chess set because it was made of metal alloy and the pieces were quite dramatic, but I prefer the traditional wooden ones. Mm -hmm. what, What did he do? I told him not to squirrel away the pawn. And he said, uh oh. He took it out. With the lighter? No, no, no. That's funny. When uh we set up for the next game. He asked me for a light. Oh, well, then what he had in his pocket wasn't his lighter. Well, come to think of it now. Hmm. That is funny. But I, I remember the clinking sound, I think eh? the carpenter or the
6: electrician can tell me what it was he had in his pocket. I uh, I may need you later in the day, Kent. All right. You've given me a bad turn, Zach. Uh-huh. It's nothing compared to the one Silas gave Molly.
3: Now, what's this urgent business all about, Zach? Hello, Kent. Judith
6: Hello, son uh, Close the door, would you, Kent?
3: And uh, who is this? George Monroe, Mr. Butler I'm very sorry about what happened Thank you Well, Zach now Why did you ask me to come down to the police station?
6: Well, because what I'm about to say is better said here Than in the house of mourning
3: What is it you have to say?
6: You murdered Molly Butler
3: I murdered my wife Anything else?
4: Isn't that enough?
3: I suppose I have you to thank for this
6: preposterous charade.
4: I'll take some of the credit. Give the rest to Molly's diary and to this young man here.
6: Monroe? Yes, George Monroe. You wrote a murder mystery, didn't you? Or half-row one, I should say. What you and Monroe hadn't figured out was just how a person could be killed from carbon monoxide poisoning without being caught. Isn't that true?
3: Go on. You seem to know that.
6: Monroe couldn't figure it out, but you could. The idea came to you after Mr. Day remodeled your garage. He installed overhead sliding doors which can be opened and closed by touching a switch.
3: Certainly. Where is the mystery?
6: Well, Day also supplied you with remote control switches. You hold the switch in your hand, press a button, and the door goes up or comes down. And that's how you close the garage door with Molly seated behind a running engine. Oh, Zach, that's preposterous. You no, know? no, it isn't. Not for a rejected man.
4: You came to hate Molly. Because she hated
6: me. And you murdered her. You closed the garage door. She could have opened the door by pressing the button on the inside. Not if you held down the close button and neutralized her switch. And that's what you did. Kent, how long was he at that window? Um, three or four minutes. Yeah, more than enough time for Molly to become dazed, and then she panicked. And from the story you were writing, she knew you planned her murder, and... There she was with you carrying out your plan. She was between the back of the car and the garage door praying that the switch would work. And it didn't because you had neutralized it. And even then she must have tried to turn off the car engine because we found her on the floor next to the front door.
3: Ken's my lawyer.
2: When uh, you took the pawn out of your jacket pocket, it clicked against something. Yes, my lighter. Then why didn't you use it to launch a cigarette instead of borrowing a match from me? Because you didn't have your lighter, side.
6: That pawn clicked against your remote control gadget. And let's not overlook the garage side door. You had locked it. And don't repeat that the door was never used. It was used all the time because it opened in on Molly's garden supplies. Anything more? Molly didn't have the remote control switch with her. Had you told her it had been mislaid? You can't prove... Oh, that. yes, yes, I can. Yes, I can, sigh Your own story. Your talks with Mr. Day about the use of the hand remote switch. And Molly's diary. We'll find both switches. And I imagine the key to the regular door. Sigh, you're under arrest for premeditated murder. <laughs>
1: you guessed just how Silas Butler almost got away with murder. But what a strange way for him to get caught. A piece of writing undid him. That and Mrs. Palmer's evaluation of the characters of Silas and his wife. And although Butler, in his way, was a tragic figure, murder is an intolerable offense. Confronted with the evidence
0: against him, he made a full confession. I shall be back shortly. If you're thinking of buying a home, but the cost keeps you thinking, you may find the current Family Circle magazine of considerable interest. It features a comfortable three-bedroom house, which includes living room, family room, two baths, utility room, wall and floor covering, even drapes. And the price? Well, it ranges from twenty-two dollars to $25,000, depending on where it's to be put up. The reason it's so reasonable is that it's built in a factory, Family Circle lists 50 locations across the country where this very attractive home can be inspected. Now for those in need of a bit of body rebuilding, the issue offers Jack LaLanne's nine best spot exercises. There's the fencer's lunge to firm thighs and hips, the chair push-up for arms, shoulders, and chest. A simple 20-minute per day program to keep us in shape. The September Family Circle, with that golden harvest casserole on the cover, is now at your supermarket checkout counter. This is Jack Sterling for Family Circle, the world's largest selling woman's magazine. your to your heart to
4: your love.
2: Here in my hand is a little capsule. It's tiny, yet it contains enough cold medicine to help relieve cold symptoms caused by every known virus. Every known virus. It's contact. The same 12-hour contact you can buy. This year, Contact with its tiny time pills will touch more lives, help more colds than any other cold medicine, tablet or liquid. Think about that the next time you're sick, sneezing, dripping, or clogged up. Then let us help you with real medicine, like Contact. We're number one in the whole world, for good reason.
0: take
4: over here's director. Glorious cheese, what could be more delicious? More fun to eat, so good and not delicious. And America spells cheese. K-R-A-F, glorious cheese, glorious cheese. Have some glorious cheese. Have some more Cheese Whiz, I say. Have regular Cheese Whiz or pimento or garlic onion or jalapeno pepper or nut sweet Swiss flavor. There are five of the handiest cooking helps you can buy. And with the eight page Cheese Whiz idea book, you can cook up all kinds of things. From vegetables au gratin to hearty casseroles. Look for the idea book where Cheese Whiz is sold. Cheese Whiz processed cheese spread from Kraft. Five little glass jars full of ideas.
2: Any time of day, the taste is so
4: invite. Creamily, smooth, lively and exciting. And America's
1: best taste. K-R-A-F-T, K-R-A-F-T. We've come full circle with the quote about the pen being mightier than the sword. A correspondent student finally completed his murder mystery, which was his plan for a real-life murder. A diary, an imaginative young instructor, and careful police investigation combined to rob Silas Butler of his perfect murder and of his life. Our cast included Bob Caliban, Ralph Bell, Joan Shea, and Joe Silver. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule, and Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
5: Preceding program is furnished by CBS Radio. This is WOR New York. President Ford said to be getting closer to a first ballot nomination. Illinois delegate claims to have been offered a $2,500 bribe to vote against uh, the president. And Senator James Buckley withdraws as a candidate. It's 70 degrees in clear mid-Manhattan. The man says it'll be clear and cool tonight with a low in the mid-50s. This is John Scott with the 8 o'clock edition of the news. President Ford is inching closer to victory at the opening of the GOP National Convention in his hot battle with Ronald Reagan for the presidential nomination. And an Illinois delegate says she was offered a $2,500 bribe to vote against the president on a pivotal rules proposal strongly backed by Governor Reagan and for which his strategists have been seeking maximum support. With only 48 hours left before the GOP chooses its presidential candidate, Mr. Ford began picking up scattered support as he and former Governor Reagan stalked the elusive few votes needed to clinch the nomination. Marie Goodlow, a widow from Chicago, said she'd been offered a $2,500 bribe to vote for a rules change which would force the president to reveal his running mate before the nomination ballot begins. She said the man who offered her the alleged bribe identified herself as a Reagan worker, but she said she didn't know him. Former Illinois Governor Robert Ogilvy, the head of Mr. Ford's Illinois campaign, said a second delegate was also offered a bribe but would not disclose his name. He was identified by others as Eddie Mac Jones of Chicago. He could not be reached for comment. John Sears, Reagan's campaign manager, said through a spokesman that the charge was absurd, that there is no truth to it. Mrs. Goodlow, who is a Ford delegate, said the alleged bribe offer kind of made me angry. I wouldn't sell my president out. Vice President Rockefeller is urging delegates to nominate a presidential candidate with broad appeal. In remarks prepared for delivery later tonight, Rockefeller says the party has been successful in electing a president when it avoided candidates who appealed to a a narrow few. The convention will also hear tonight from Senator Barry Goldwater, the GOP presidential nominee in 1964, and the keynote address is to be delivered by Senator Howard Baker of Tennessee, among those the president is reported considering as a potential running mate. The man who's challenging James Buckley for the Republican senatorial nomination in New York says Buckley's brief flirtation with presidential politics will hurt his re-election chances, and Representative Peter Pizer says a move by some delegates to place Buckley's name and nomination at Kansas City represented an attempt by the ultra-right wing of the GOP to take over the party. Buckley said today he is not in the race for the nomination either for the number one or the number two post. Israeli State Radio reports that Israeli patrol boats are blockading the Lebanese coast and stopping boats carrying weapons to Muslim forces. The broadcast says a few boats have been boarded in the past week and their cargoes of arms confiscated. The Israeli military has declined comment on the report. Earlier, Lebanese President Suleiman Franje declared his Christian forces will continue fighting until Palestinian guerrillas return to their refugee camps. Franje spoke on a Christian radio station amid reports of fighting around two mountain towns east of Beirut currently occupied by the Palestinians. A Christian broadcast claims a decisive battle is underway, but Palestinian leaders say there's only been routine shelling in the area. Three major earthquakes have shaken Asia in two hours. The latest was in Indonesia, where the Seismological Institute in Uppsala, Sweden, says tremors, measuring eight and one-tenth on the Richter scale, struck in the Moluccas, an island group in eastern Indonesia. Earlier, quakes were reported in central China and the Philippines. So far, there's been no report of damage or casualties from any of the three quakes. The WOR news time. It's four minutes after eight. Beginning next summer, all new homes in New York State will have to meet new insulation standards before getting hooked up for electric service. The energy conservation regulations were adopted by the State Public Service Commission, which regulates the state's utilities and sets much of the state's energy policy. The new insulation standards are expressed in terms of the amount of heat lost per square foot of wall space. They apply to all dwellings regardless of the type of fuel used for heating. The standards are similar to those already adopted for homes heated by natural gas. Meanwhile, Con Edison has announced a program approved by the Public Service Commission which will allow the utility to advance up to $800 in loans to homeowners who wish to insulate their houses. The PSC says this makes very good sense in view of the energy shortage. The prisoner, who escaped from Albany Medical Center Hospital today and later holed up in a house with a hostage, surrendered himself three hours later without incident. The prisoner has been identified by authorities as 22-year-old Harry Wilson of New York City, who is serving a murder sentence at Great Meadow Correctional Facility in Comstock in Washington County, New York, when he was brought to the hospital about three weeks ago for treatment. Authorities said he made his escape from a shower while a guard was otherwise occupied. Another male hostage, who earlier had escaped from Wilson, identified only as Richard Coons, said the man had been armed with a knife. An unidentified woman also left the house, witnesses said. Wilson appeared from time to time in a window with a knife in hand as police surrounded the house. Karen Ann Quinlan's father says that after deciding to disconnect the machine, which he believed was artificially keeping his daughter alive, The hardest part of the ordeal was the court fight to make the decision stick. The case of the 22-year-old landing New Jersey girl who doctors said would never regain consciousness resulted in a landmark state court decision defining the conditions when a person may be allowed to die. The ordeal of Karen's parents during the months of court wrangling while their daughter lay helpless in a hospital bed is recounted in the current issue of McCall's magazine. Now I'll have the weather and the top of the news coming up in just a moment.